This is sick, and it's therefore deviant. We do not want it. Hey! We're recording the podcast! Shut up! Good morning to you, wherever you are, because it is a morning somewhere for February 23rd, 2024. My name is Bernie Burns with me sitting right over there. She's glad there's not as many twos around. It's Ashley, how you doing, Ashley? <laughs> I'm leaving my twos era. I'm really into threes today. Today is follow-up Friday. It's Friday, Ashley. You made it through the week. Congratulations. We did. We survived. You survived. Everyone survived except for the people who didn't. Well done. <laughs> All right, but Ash, how about you? What are some topics from the week that you would like to follow up on, either to clarify, to correct yourself, or just to expand upon? Uh, sure. A couple of little follow-ups. So uh, earlier in the week, we talked about Reddit signing uh, a deal uh, to sell data to an AI company. It turns out that company is Google. They also filed more information for their upcoming IPO, which we've uh, previously mentioned. Um, and as part of that, they have to share more information about the company. And part of that information is that last year, the company generated $804, $804 million in revenue, um, which was a 20% jump from the year prior to that, which is pretty significant. Uh, and it also revealed that the um, CEO and the chief operating officer, Jennifer Wong, were paid $286 million in 2023. That's that's including the two of them. So the two of them basically were paid uh, a quarter of what the company made. That doesn't in include stock and yeah. option awards. But that's still absolutely bonkers to me. Well, does it have the uh, total headcount in any of that? Did you read that number anywhere? Because I'm curious what that would be. I did not see a total headcount. I did see some fun stats like uh, 76 million people visited uh, Reddit every day uh, in December last year, um, which is a lot of people if you start counting them. You know, I got to say, I, I kind of had to give them credit as a platform because and this is rare that I will say that about Reddit, but uh, it's kind of impressive that they can make $800 million of revenue. And I don't feel like Reddit is a platform that is just rife with ads. Like I don't get any pop-ups, you know, I don't get any screen takeovers when I'm scrolling or anything like that. And scrolling is a big part of Reddit, usually on sites, man, a lot of the news sites that we use that Reddit also uses for references and for links, when you go to those news sites, it's crazy. The moment you start scrolling, it's just ads start showing up and taking over everything. And Reddit, I feel like, just has like that one little ad every now and then. Reddit did have another revenue stream, and I might have missed if they've replaced this with something else. I know they removed it, and that was awards. Do you remember you could uh, actually pay to give someone a, like a little gold medal or some kind of sure. crazy award? And they removed um, some of, if not all of those awards. But I assume that those awards and the people that the money that people paid into them are part of the $804 million the company made in revenue. I don't actually remember why they removed those. Do you remember that? I think, you know, uh, when when people had a bank of these awards and they would hand them out, they could part of the bonuses were for some of the awards that they would give people Reddit premium, which would then take away ad impressions so people would just load up other people with all these little awards, and some people would have Reddit Premium for months and months and months, if not years, for a popular post. 
perhaps they did it because they were starting to cut into their ad revenue and they realized that what we're just going to have to show here more than anything else is lots and lots of concentrated ad revenue. Um, they did replace it with some other things. Like there's ways to guild an individual post with like, a you have to turn on monetization for your account and then someone can give you like a, like literally like a money upvote for your post. Uh, but it doesn't change anything. I don't think other than the arrow. So they did replace it with some stuff, but if they replace it with something far less popular, it kind of feels like they didn't replace it with anything. So I get why you feel that way, Ash. Yeah, I do find the Reddit model very interesting in that uh, you're, you could uh, you could gift someone sort of this uh, this Reddit premium trial. And I, I don't know what their conversion numbers are like, but it has weird little features the Reddit premium does. Um, and it's been a while since I got gifted it for like a month and uh, it was really cool. Uh, it had it showed things like it would highlight new posts in a thread since the last time you were in that thread. Stuff that is quite helpful if you're terminally online <laughs> and you're always like checking yeah. through the same threads to see like what are people saying now? What's going on? Uh, what's happening, guys? Um, but I don't know if those perks were enough to keep people who got this surprise free trial if they were like, oh, this is worth the money. I will say that was one of the interesting things about YouTube Premium is that having tried premium, I was like, oh yeah, I would absolutely throw $5 a month to not have to deal with the, uh, the pre-roll ads at the beginning of shows. And people who pay for premium, if they watch a movie or a video on YouTube that's, uh, that's monetized and they would otherwise be seeing an ad, the creator actually gets quite a bit more from their view than they would from an ad impression from that user. Yeah, and it's uh, monetization is the thing that everyone seems to be experimenting with now for user accounts because it works so well for YouTube Works so well for Twitch that now Reddit's trying it, uh, Twitter's trying it as well. There was a big uh, story like last month where Mr. Beast started posting videos on X, and of course now Tucker Carlson is doing it as well, obviously. But uh, yeah, everyone's trying it out with uh, monetization of, of user accounts. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the update I have there. It looks like Reddit is uh, still aiming for IPO in March. Um, do you have any updates? Yeah, before we talk about new stuff, I got we can go back really quickly to some of the grocery shopping shopping stuff. I have a little bit of a lightning round here. Ooh. First of all, I I had to, I was thinking this at the time, but I wanted to go check on it before I set it on mic. Do you remember who the one of the big backers for Redbox was? Who? It was McDonald's, and I'm not sure if that's where the red comes from, uh, but McDonald's was one of the big ones, and it was <laughs> McDonald's and Coinstar. And if you're not from America, Coinstar. you don't know what Coinstar is. Yeah, it was uh, Coinstar's a company where they will have these machines that are in grocery stores where if you have a bunch of loose pocket change, you come and dump it into one of these machines. It makes a huge racket, and then it gives you the money for the change and uh, takes a little cut off of it as well, like a little like a percentage off the top. I think like I mean, I think it's like seven percent or something like that uh, in order for you to do a change. So I I had to go look it up, and it was actually yes, McDonald's, and that got me thinking too as I went into Netflix. Uh, I forgot to say this when I was traveling last time, but I got hit by the password sharing thing. Oh Netflix no! Goes, you did? Yeah, when I yeah when I traveled, it goes this this is not this is you're not in the right place, and I had to get an approval code from Netflix in order to watch my own account, a temporary viewing approval code. Yeah, this is that this is maybe a longer term follow up, but it does it does bounce off of that, which is I thought that Netflix's. Um, password sharing crackdown was that you could only stream on so many accounts at a time. And I guess that's not it. Uh, and the reason that I didn't realize it was location-based, I guess because we moved together and so we weren't in a lot of separate places. But it mostly cares if you 
are regularly in a specific place watching something. So because we moved and we're both in a new regular place watching things, it didn't trigger anything. So you're saying yeah. that when you were it, traveling and you were suddenly in a different place, then it cracked down on you. It didn't crack down on me. Yeah. And that got me thinking further about Netflix, Ashley, because we were talking about uh, earlier and there was a great discussion about it in our subreddit. What was the most valuable thing that you ever owned? And it turns out a lot of people in the subreddit uh, had previously owned cryptocurrency when it was worth nothing, used it for something, and they, they've held on to that memory for a really long time. But the combination of that with the Netflix discussion, do you remember? Because you said this week that Netflix shut down their DVDs in the mail service. Do you remember what was the longest DVD you had and never watched? Oh, I don't remember the, I don't remember what the DVD was. It was a highbrow film. Um, and I had it for like three or four months. I remember actually having a lot of fun managing my Netflix queue. Do you remember you would go in and you would be like, this is on my list next. This is on my list next. This is on my list after that. And you could reorder them. And, um, and I would actually spend, <laughs> I forgot that that was even a thing, but I remember enjoying figuring out and like putting together my Netflix queue. No, yeah, I completely had forgotten until you mentioned it, but absolutely, I remember doing that. And it's probably a symptom of the way we were watching the movies, right? Because it was going to take two days to get the next movie. So you had to plan it ahead. I would never reorder my, you know, watch list queue now. That wouldn't be something I would think about because I'm not going to sit there and just watch things off of the watch list. But that's what the DVD thing is. You know you're going to get whatever's at the top of that list next. So you would constantly work and you would have this like running list of what's prioritized and in what order you want to watch it. Yeah, and then there were occasionally things where they just didn't have enough discs because there was too much demand, like, you know, season three of Friends or something. You just couldn't get it. It was always, it was, like you said, it was like a highbrow movie that everybody had, and they're like, I'm going to watch this, and they would put it on their coffee table, and it would just sit there for months at a time because you're like, no, 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 I'm definitely going to watch this thing that won, like, best uh, adapted screenplay in 1982. I'm going to watch this movie. I swear, I'm smart. I'm not just going to watch Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, there was a little bit of a disconnect between queuing Ashley and actual watching Ashley in that queuing Ashley thought she was a bit more sophisticated than, than watching Ashley was. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, when you're making plans. I, one of the funniest things I ever read on Twitter was all of my future plans fully depend on the fact that I'm going to have a level of motivation and dedication that I have never once demonstrated in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that that I that feels very familiar. It just shows we always have grand plans for ourselves. We have a high opinion of ourselves tomorrow. Like tomorrow I'm going to show this incredible level of motivation when I wake up. And then you then you wake up in the morning like the fuck were you thinking giving me all these things on the to-do list? I'm not doing any of these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also want to do a quick, if I may, round up through some grocery stuff. Uh, Please do. Uh, from uh, this week, because we did. Uh, I want to say, like, I figured out what my gray flag is. Have you ever seen this uh, trend online about wait, what is your gray flag? It's or not a red flag. flag. Yeah, it's a beige flag. Yeah, or something like that. It's just an intermediate, like, uh, just a bad trait I've got. My beige flag is that... I will text you when I go to the grocery store and say, hey, I'm at the grocery store. Do you need anything? And then I don't check my messages again until I get in line <laughs> at the checkout. <laughs> I do it. I do it every single time I go to the grocery store because I'm like immediately like, ooh, look, they have Gatorade. 
<laughs> you do be like, and then I get lost do, in it. Do you need anything? And I'm like, yes, we need we need berries, bananas, we need carrots, we need these things. And then you get home. And I'm like, did you get them? And you're like, what? But <laughs> I've, I've I've never heard of these things before in my life. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who sent that? It was an AI imposter. What are you doing in the kitchen? Speaking of AI, Google has uh, temporarily shut down their their Gemini uh, AI image generator. Um, yes. To to be better at people, they said. I, I don't know the I don't know the details. Have you heard more about this? I should be more read up on this because of the content of it. But really, what it was was people kept posting images saying that they couldn't get the Google image generator to generate images of white people. Like, they were prompting it in really bizarre ways. Like, even at one point, they said, give me a German soldier from 1943. And it produced, like, black Nazis and oh. Native American Nazis, which oh. is, like, it was going out of its way. And, you know, obviously, when it, when it avoids an entire classification of people, if it was doing that, then it ends up creating these really even worse, more obscene images by trying to be ultra careful about it. Ashley, it was like the uh, the sulfur dioxide in the atmosphere problem, but for the modern <laughs> AI era. <laughs> trying to solve one problem and creating a whole different one. All right. Um, uh, one more quick follow-up. We've talked previously about Xbox uh, games coming to other platforms. We have dates on some of those now. The first one being Pentiment. That is now available on uh, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Switch. We also have a date for Hi-Fi Rush. That's going to be coming to PlayStation 5 on March 19th. Um, and I'm actually, now that everyone uh, has been telling us since we discussed not knowing anything about it, that we would love it, I've actually downloaded it on my Xbox and I'm going to play it this weekend. I'll let you know what I think. It's one of those games where you either apparently have never heard of this game ever or you absolutely adore this game. Because there doesn't seem to be much of any in between there at all. Yeah, well, that game came out, um, I think we had a newborn at the time. So that would explain why we missed hearing anything about it. It came out uh, January 25th, 2023. <laughs> so we were sleep deprived and not paying attention to anything at all. And actually, I would be remiss if I did not mention that Sea of Thieves also has its launch date for the PS5. And this is according to... Uh, digital trends on MSN. With the Xbox Wire post, we learned that Sea of Thieves Rares multiplayer pirate game launches on PlayStation 5 on April 30th. So it seems interesting to me uh, that they could announce they're going to take these games to PlayStation and then so quickly have them just ready to go. I would have thought porting these things would take months and months, if not a year or two. I assume that they've been working on it for some time. I mean, clearly, if they're, I mean, they're ready to go as soon as they make the announcement. Here they come, which is, I think, a smart way to do it. I, I agree. Just, I like it when announcements come very close to the thing that they're announcing. We're, we've kind of gone into current stuff and follow up Friday, but I did want to follow up too on some of the grocery store stuff. Uh, we were touching on some of the stuff. the uh, The forum, of course, went kind of nuts with the butter aspect. Ashley, you triggered their. Uh, how many sticks of butter uh, anxiety? <laughs> Do we need to start had. putting like trigger warning butter at the beginning of episodes? <laughs> I think trigger warning butter would be one that'd be good for me. That's for sure. But uh, one of the things that I keep wanting to bring up about uh, UK grocery stores, which affects you more than anyone else, is a weird thing that's done in the UK versus in the US. Like if you go buy a big bag of chips in the US, it's a big bag of chips, like the party size chip. Or like in Ashley's case, it says... For sharing. And it's like, no, Ashley's not no, going to share sharing these chips. That. She's going to eat. No. 
<laughs> Those are for She's me. eating the the entire like couch throw pillow size of crisps. She's going to eat them all herself. In the UK, Ash, if you get a bag that big, what's in it? Oh, it, it's six little bags. It's uh, <laughs> right. it's a bit strange that to me that uh, for uh, an area for a region that prides itself very much on on recycling and uh, not creating a lot of uh, rubbish and waste and stuff like that. They do it with things like crisps, just willy-nilly. So you get a, a regular, um, not even like party-sized bag of crisps, just like regular big old bag of crisps, right? And in the U.S., you would open that, and inside are crisps. In the U.K., you open it, and inside are six little bags. And I think it's a portion control thing, right? They're like, this is a portion, this is a portion. This is yeah. what you're. This is what we're counting as a portion in the nutrition information. So it's probably got caught up in like some weird nutrition regulation. But as a result, you just have six bags, and then I have to open a bag and either stop there, which is rare, or have multiple bags, and then I feel really guilty about the waste. I don't feel guilty about eating the crisps. I feel guilty about having multiple bags. <laughs> so. You can occasionally find well, these these quote sharing bags, but very very rarely. You can like maybe if you go to like an ASDA grocery store instead of a Tesco grocery store, you can occasionally find a sharing bag. And when I do, I load up because that way I have less guilt. But then I have a whole bunch of big bags in the pantry, Bernie. So it's a real problem for us. Well, Ashley, I think I can solve your problem for you. I listen. I don't. Are you just venting, or can is it okay if I help you solve the problem? What, what in this doing, case, you can help here? me solve the problem. All right, clearly the solution here is you just eat the little bags as well. And that way you don't feel guilty about eating crisps. <laughs> just eat the bags. In fact, you don't even have to open the little bags in that case. You just you just jam them in your face. I'm over microplastics. Um, I don't feel like they're ambitious enough. Let's go for the macroplastics. <laughs> yeah, you'll be, you'll be like a sea turtle. There'll be some ecologist who like grabs you, wrangles you, and pulls about 40 bags of crisps out of your <laughs> stomach. <laughs> But I do think it's interesting in that conversation that you mentioned what you call a regular or standard size bag of crisps. And you said that it's a regular size, not even party size. You were talking about the giant party size in the U.S. that doesn't even really exist in the U.K. It does for some things. It's not really clear to me either how it works. You know, just to be clear what she's talking about, the regular size bag, I think a lot of people, especially outside the U.S., would call the regular size bag like the size you get with a sandwich, like a single serving size. And then if you get the family or party size, it's a giant bag that no one should eat in one sitting, but everyone does but anyway. We do. uh, and then, then that's filled with six of those little like sandwich shop size bags. Very strange way to deliver it. Very strange way. And now my wife has to eat potato chip bags every time she eats <laughs> potato chips. So. All right, Ashley, we probably have one time for one quick current story. What's the most important earth-shattering event that has happened this week that we absolutely have to discuss before the weekend? That the world's oldest dog has been stripped of its title. <laughs> did it die or is it, is it just... Uh, no, they it just is say... So, yes, yeah, sort of. Um, yes, the dog has passed away, um, um, but it's been posthumously stripped of its title. <laughs> um, so the the dog uh, was um, awarded this um, this oldest dog in the world um, February of last year. Uh, and they initially were using, apparently, um, the microchip to prove his age. And now... They're saying that um, there's no way that it's possible that it was actually this old. The, the they said he was 30 years old, which is 
pretty freaking old for a dog. But now uh, there's been a report launched following doubts um, about the reliability of the microchip proving its age. And so they've just they've stripped this dog posthumously of its um, oldest award. And I guess they're now on the hunt for the new oldest dog. I don't understand how the microchip does it. Was it a microchip that the dog supposedly had since birth? Is that what it is? It's not really clear from the article. Uh, this was reported on the BBC. Um, and so I'll put it in the link dump. But it just says that they, um, the microchip claimed to prove Bobby's age was not sufficient proof to grant him the title, which was already awarded. So they're basically going back and saying that it's not um, enough. That wasn't enough proof. I can't tell you how happy I would be, Ashley, if it turns out that the microchip was actually a Neuralink implant that it had in the dog, and that's the thing that disqualified it. All right, everybody. Well, that does it for us. 2-23-24. We will be back to talk to you on Monday. We hope you'll be here as well. Bye, everybody. Have a great weekend.